The Bible says that even the lawful captive shall be set free. There is a strange thing about the children of God. You see, even sometimes when you are outside of the will of God, the grace of God still keeps you and preserves you and causes you to prosper. It's a mind-blowing thing. When Abraham went out of God's will, he prospered. That does not mean that it was good for him to be outside of God's will. But you see, the Bible says that whatsoever he does, he prospers. There's a principle that operates our life. Hallelujah. Nothing can hold you captive. Hallelujah. Amen. Nothing can hold you captive. At any moment in time, you can shake yourself loose and the devil knows that. The thing he is afraid of is you coming to the realization of the truth and rising up and saying, enough is enough. Like the prodigal son. The Bible says that when he came to his senses, that is what the devil fears. And you see, the purpose of God's word is for believers to come to their divine senses. For them to recognize that mm, this place that I am, this is not where God has destined for me. I will rise up and go back to my father. I will rise up and go back to the place where God has destined for me. I am outside of God's will. I will rise up and journey back to the center of God's will for my life. If even I have prospered out of his will, how much more if I am in his will? Think about it. Hallelujah. Amen. Can I make on this? That's why the Bible says that the word of God is a light. It's a light. It brings divine illumination. It causes you to come to your senses. It awakens you to the reality. And then you look at the situation and say, No! The devil has had a field day with me. Not anymore. And you just shake yourself loose. Hallelujah. Amen. And you come out of wherever you are. You come out of wherever you are. Egalamanda Shata Kateng Susmako Shande Paladalanta Thank you, Holy Ghost. We give God praise tonight and we thank Him. We bless Him for the opportunity to fellowship together like this. And to study his word, to get deep into his word. Hallelujah. Before we go on, I would like to know all of us on the line. Just just holler at me and let me know you are here. Hello. I guess uh, we all know we all know who is here. I'm <laughs> Marin. <laughs> okay, so we have Marin and we have Marin and Sally here. Who else is here? Ben. Okay, Ben is here. Lorraine. Lorraine is here. Isai. Our dear sister Isai is with us. Abigail. Abby is here with us. 
Who else is here, please? You know, also then Intuit, also then uh, Rhoda. Also then Rhoda, we're here with us. Also, also Ro, you, you are you are here. <laughs> oh, maybe they 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 dropped off a little bit. Yeah. Um, who else is here? Intuit is still here, right? Hello, Inji. Okay. Anyways, how about, I know Felicia is not going to be here with us today. How about Irene? I thought I had Irene on the line. Or maybe probably she's on mute. Anyways, anyways, we thank God for tonight. And God bless you all for coming out tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. The, the word of God is that we keep saying it, and I'll keep saying it. The Word of God is the most important thing in your life as a believer. Mm. Even the Holy Spirit who has been given to you, He cannot do anything in your life without God's Word. Anytime you go to a meeting and supposedly somebody is moving by a spirit, and that manifestation of that spirit is not congruent with the Word of God, there's a problem. Hallelujah. Any spirit manifestation that goes against the word of God is demonic. Any spirit manifestation that does not honor the word of God or honor Christ is demonic. Jesus said that when the Holy Ghost comes, he will testify of me. The spirit that indwells us, that has been giving us the promise of the Father unto us, which is the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he testifies of Christ. A man who is full of the Holy Ghost always testifies of Christ. He's always testifying of Christ. No wonder the apostles, they were preaching the gospel, the early believers, they were testifying of Christ everywhere. Why? Because they were full of the Holy Ghost. When they caught them and lashed them and told them not to preach, they said, how can we be silent? We must preach this Jesus. Paul said, him we preach. Paul could not hold back but testify about this Jesus. And that is because they were full of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit testifies of Christ. So you see, don't be carried away by any kind of spirit manifestation. The Bible says, test all spirits. You understand? Test all spirits. Test. How would you test them? You test them with the word of God. Test them with the word of God. Hallelujah. Because even Satan transforms himself into an angel of light. How much more his servants, they will appear as ministers of righteousness. Their aim is to deceive you. Hallelujah. Mm. So the word of God is very important. It is the material by which the Holy Ghost builds your life. You see, the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life is to fashion you in the likeness of Christ, unto Christ's likeness. You understand? The material for building your life. Remember, the Bible says you are the temple of the living God. The material that we all together are being built into an holy habitation in the Lord. The material by which the Holy Ghost built your life is the Word of God. So go for God's Word. Let's stay in God's Word. 
Let's imbibe God's word. Let's eat the scrolls. That's what he said to the prophet. He said, eat the scrolls. Eat the word of God. Eat the word of God. Eat the word of God. Let me say it again. Eat the word of God. Hallelujah. In the book of John, John describes the three levels of spiritual maturity and growth. He categorized all growth into three facets. First, he says, I write unto you children. Hallelujah. Then he says, I write unto you young men. Then he says, I write unto you fathers. The little children are, we'll deal with this in depth probably next week. But you see, to graduate from the childhood stage to the young men stage or to the, to the youthful stage, he says concerning the, the youth, he says, for you are strong. How? Because the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. The transition from spiritual childhood to adolescence is the word. It says, for you are strong. How? Because the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So brethren, you see, we cannot overemphasize the importance of God's word. How much of God's word is in you. Is it, let me tell you something. You must know the word of God to the point where even if you don't have a Bible, you are okay. Let me repeat that one again. Abby, you must know God's word to the point eh, where even if you don't know, you don't have a Bible, you are okay. When you sit in a meeting and somebody is saying some things, you are not on faith. You don't even have to turn into a turn, turn the scriptures because you have it in you. Hallelujah. Amen. So immediately you can tell if somebody is speaking the truth or not. And as you know the word like that, you become so acquainted with the character of the voice of God. So when God speaks to you, it's very easy for you to discern. It's very easy for you to hear. It's very easy. The Bible says, my sheep know my voice. He did not say my lambs. No. Lambs follow the bleating of the sheep for direction. Lambs look to sheep for direction. They, they listen for the bleating of the sheep for direction. But sheep listen to the voice of the shepherd. Why? Because they are acquainted with that voice. And he says, another they will not follow. Hallelujah. Meaning that they are able to distinguish between the voice of the Lord and other voices. And that is where you are coming into spiritual maturity. You are able to distinguish. Sometimes you have believers who don't know. They will hear somebody say something like, I don't know, is it true or is it not true? Hey, we don't know. And they get scared. And they get worried and all that. I'm like, see, these are the people the Bible talks about, you know, it says, if you are little children, you are easily carried away by every wind of doctrine. Anything blows and you are, you are carried away with it. Little things unsettle you. But you see, when you are strong in the word of God, you are movable. You are unshakable. Nothing. No. Hallelujah. Amen. So we need to go for God's word. 
We need to go for God's way. Hallelujah. But today, like I said to you on the group me page, we are making a journey back to Genesis chapter 4. We want to glean wisdom keys and keys of faith from the life of Cain and Abel. Some events that happened in their life. We are reading from Genesis chapter number 4, and we are reading from verse 1 to 5. Actually, verse 1 to 7. Genesis chapter number 4, verse 1 to 7, and I read it. The Bible says, And Adam knew his wife, Eve. I love that one. And Adam knew his wife, Eve. And she conceived and bare Cain and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord. And she again bare his brother, Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. Hallelujah. So when Cain and Abel were born and they grew, they each took different career paths. They were both farmers. They were both into agriculture. But their specialization were different. Abel became an animal farmer. Cain became a plant farmer. Hallelujah. Now listen to verse 3. I love it. The Bible says, in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. The quick question to ask yourself is, did God tell Cain to bring an offering? No. If God did, it would have been recorded for us. Look at verse 4. The Bible says, And Abel he also brought of the first links of his flock and of the fat thereof, so Cain and Abel both brought an offering out of their labor unto the Lord. How did they know to offer unto the Lord? How did they know that it was a good thing to, to recognize the blessing of God in their life through their labor and give an offering unto the Lord as a recognition of his blessing in their lives? How did they know it? Probably. Adam taught them or they saw their father do same, and they also did. Hallelujah. It is possible. But you see, the key thing that I want us to notice here is that God did not force any of them to bring anything to him. God did not force anybody. They voluntarily out of their own selves decided to bring an offering unto the Lord. Hmm. That is very interesting. But let's look at the, the whole situation again. The Bible says, look at the description of Cain's offering. The Bible says, in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. We don't know what kind of fruit of the ground Cain brought. We don't know. The record is he just brought an offering from the fruit of the ground. It could have been anything. But look at Abel. The Bible says, And Abel, he also brought the first links of his flock and the fat thereof. Cain, the Bible did not say, And Cain brought of, you know, of his animals that he was rearing. Just like, you know, he described Cain's own. The Bible says, Abel's offering was much more specific. He brought the first links of his flock and the fatness thereof. 
that immediately tells us that there was a distinction between the offering of Abel and the offering of Cain. What kind of distinction was that? The similarity in their offering was that they both brought it voluntarily unto the Lord, according to what the Bible is telling us. But it looks as though Cain just brought anything and Abel brought something specific. Now let's look at the response of God to their offering. The Bible says, And the Lord had respect unto Abel and to his offering. That means that any time a believer you bring and you offer something to God, God does not only accept your offering, the first thing he accepts is you yourself. Before he even accepts your offering. The Bible says, and the Lord had respect unto Abel first, Abel first, and then to his offering. What does have respect mean? It means that God had regard. God recognized the offering of Abel. He recognized Abel himself and his offering. Meaning that God testified of Abel's offering. I'm sure to the angels. You know how when somebody is doing work and he does it well in a company, during the company's yearly, what do you call it, um, uh, what do you celebration, they would give awards, best this, best that to recognize those who have done, you know, whatever work, and they will tell of the works of this person. That's the same thing God did for Cain and his offering. Sorry, that was what God did for Abel and his offering. Abel's offering became a memorial before God, something that was recognized. That means that in the realm of the spirit, it was as though Cain did not offer anything. That act of Cain was not recorded in the archives of eternity. It does not exist to God. It's as if he did not even do anything. God literally ignored him. But Abel, God remembered his offering. God regarded his offering. God accepted his offering. God recognized and testified of Abel's offering. And not just his offering. First off, he accepted him and testified of him. And listen to Cain. But unto Cain and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. Listen to what God said. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou angry? Why has thy countenance fallen? If, listen to this verse. If thou doest well, will you not be accepted? Hmm. That means that for a man to be accepted of God, he must do well. Hallelujah. And he says, if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. Its desire is to rule over you. Or its desire is for you, but you must master it. Very key things here. Very, very key things here. This record we have is picked up in the book of Hebrews. And Hebrews throws a little more light Onto this particular event that we have just studied. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. What we normally call the roll call of faith. It's a very interesting scripture. We'll learn something very important. Hebrews chapter number 11. Look at it. I'm reading from verse 1. The, the main thing is verse 4. But 
Okay, let me just pick up from verse 4 since we all know. But before, I think verse 2 is good. The Bible says, Now faith is the substance of things hopeful, the evidence of things not seen. Listen to this. Verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good report. That means they obtained a good testimony from God. God testified of their works. Hallelujah. And then verse 3, it talks about how God framed the world by faith. Look at verse 4. It says, By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than king. Meaning that the reason behind the difference between Abel and his offering and then Cain and his offering was faith. The reason God considered Abel to have done well and therefore accepted him and his offering was faith. The reason God testified of Abel and his offering. The reason Abel's offering became a memorial before God in heaven where the angels were all aware of. The reason Abel and his offering were recorded in the archives of eternity as a spiritual act in honor of God was faith. The reason Cain's offering does not even exist in the realm of the spirit was because there was no faith. No faith. No faith. No faith. No faith. That is very serious. That is why the Bible says, for without faith it is what? Talk to me, brethren. For without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. Exactly. It is impossible to please God. For you to be well-pleasing to God, your action, your offering must be your faith. Now let's go back to the, the, the Genesis chapter 4. If you study King's offering, the Bible says in the process of time, they both brought an offering unto the Lord. But when we look at King's offering, he just brought, the Bible says he just brought, you know, out of the fruit of the, fruit of the field. But Cain's was very specific. How did Cain, how did Abel, sorry, how did Abel know that he had to bring the firstlings and the fatness? How did Abel know? Do you know that later on in Israel when God was giving the law, God was very specific about the kind of offering he wanted. And God is very particular about firstlings. Even the firstborn of Israel were all dedicated unto the Lord. That so presupposes that Abel must have Heard something from God before he offered. Because you see, the Bible says, by faith, Abel offered. And we know that faith comes by what? Hearing. And hearing by the word of God. That means that in the process of time, Cain, Cain thought it wise to give something to God. But he just carried everything and brought it to God. Okay, maybe his father had taught him. Adam had taught him, listen, it is God that blesses you. So in, the, in due time, when you receive your out of your labor, give something unto God. Cain just carried anything. His heart was not a heart of faith. A heart of faith is a heart that appreciates God. But Abel, when he decided to offer to God, he inquired of the Lord. Lord, 
I want to offer unto you. You blessed me abundantly in my life. I want to offer unto you an offering that pleases you. I want to bring an offering that will be a statement before you that I recognize and honor your blessing in my life. Lord, what should I bring you? And God spoke to Abel and said to him, bring me the first links of your flocks and the fatness thereof. That is why Abel brought the first links. He heard from God. He inquired of the Lord. He did not just do it anyhow. That is why the Bible says that be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. I tell you, dearly beloved, it is good to have a, have a heart to do things. But you see, in the faith, be, before you do anything, you must inquire of the Lord. Find out from the word of God. If it is not stated clearly in the Bible, inquire of the Lord. What is the kind of offering that is acceptable to my God? You see, the Bible says that offer yourselves as living sacrifices unto the Lord. Offer yourselves as living sacrifices unto the Lord. So our entire lives as believers is an offering. It's a sacrificial offering unto the Lord. Therefore, we must find out from his word, how are we supposed to offer this? Hallelujah. Some are offering anyhow. But God is a specific God. If you are going to offer anything, it must be something that God has told you. This is how I want you to do it, and you do it that way. That is the only way you'll be accepted of Him. Because you see, faith is an obedience to God's word. So when you hear God speak to you and you obey it and do it the way He wants you to do it, that is a manifestation of faith. You don't just carry anything onto the Lord. No. So you see, the reason God rejected first Cain and then rejected his offering is because in Cain's heart there was no faith. There was no faith. How many people are living their lives outside of faith? And what did God tell him? He says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you don't do well, what happens? Sin is at your door. It's desirous for you. Isn't that what Jesus, isn't that what God said? To do well in Christ, you need to live by faith. The Bible says that just shall live by faith. You can't please God without faith. You can't be well-pleasing to God without faith. And anytime you walk outside of faith, sin is crouching at the door. The Bible says that anything that is not of faith is sin. In the book of Romans. Hallelujah. So right there in the beginning, God was giving us a portrait of how men would be justified and declared righteous by faith. Of how that faith is the only thing by which men could be well pleasing unto the Father. Faith being the only thing by which men would be accepted and their offerings also be accepted. But the key thing we can glean from this scripture is that Abel inquired of the Lord to know Father, what would you want me to bring? You have blessed me abundantly in my life. I recognize it. I want to give you an offering. Listen, God is not just any God. You see, if you are somebody who studied diplomatic relations, for some of us who, whose parents are in, 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 in corridors of power, like government officials and all that. You recognize that sometimes when you are all, some of you, some of us whose parents are chiefs or in the village you are close to some chief. If you are going before a chief, you are going to give a chief a gift or somebody of, you know, of a high rank or a certain 
reputation, a gift. You don't just take any gift. You inquire to find that one gift to be acceptable to him. Then you take that gift. You don't just take any gift. In those days, sometimes if you take a gift and a king is not happy, he can, he can kill you. You know that. Hallelujah. Is somebody hearing me? So you see, you can't just bring anything to God. Oh. We can't just bring ourselves anyhow to God. There is a way. He would want us to offer ourselves in our lives. So this message is not only about an offering we bring unto the Lord. Surely it's about an offering. You see, in the, I love this thing. In the process of time, they decided to bring an They recognized God's blessing in there. And as a believer, that is where the principle of giving must come from. A sacrificial giving and offering unto the Lord must come from. God has blessed you in your life. You recognize God in your life. You recognize that it is God who has blessed you every day. So before even you, you know, every every month or you don't, you, you, you pray to God. Father, you have blessed me abundantly. And then you decide with the Holy Ghost what you want to offer unto the Lord in honor of him. But always remember that God is not necessarily about your money. It's after you. You the person yourself. That is why you see, God accepted Abel first before his offering. So God is after you, not after your money or any other thing. And your offering must not necessarily be money. It could be anything. Hallelujah. And your offering is not necessarily into the bringing it. When you bring it to the house of the Lord, great. You are bringing it onto the Lord. You are giving it onto the Lord. But as you meet the needs of other people, the poor, the needy in society, in the name of the Lord, you are offering unto God. But the first thing is that, you see, you must move out of faith. That will make you yourself acceptable to Him. Then you bring an offering unto Him. Hallelujah. Abel inquired of the Lord. Abel, he inquired of the Lord. That is how come he knew to bring the firstlings. Do you know that even when God was giving instruction concerning the tithe, he says, listen, let the animals pass under the rod. Okay, put the rod there, let the animals pass under. The tent, every tenth animal, move the tenth animal aside and keep him for me. If you move the ninth aside and bring, God will not accept it. Are they not all animals? Yes, but God says, I want the tenth. The tenth animal that passes under is mine. You see, God, it tells you that God is a very specific God. So before you do anything for Him, you must inquire of Him. You must inquire of Him. When God was telling the children of Israel, telling Moses to tell the children of Israel to build the temple, He gave them specific things. He says, tell the children of Israel to bring an offering unto me. Then He says, anybody whose heart tells them to give, they should bring and then he names the specific things they should bring. So if you decide to give their oh katome imatanga But then listen, you don't offer yourself anyhow. There is a particular way you must live your life. There is a path cut out for you as a believer. You can't live like the way everybody is living. You can't do like the way everybody is doing. You can't talk like the way everybody is talking. Listen to me. You were bought at the price. The price of the blood of the Lamb. Your body is the temple of the living God. Your mouth belongs unto God. Your eyes belong unto God. Your nose belongs unto God. Your foot belongs unto God. It cannot walk anywhere. Listen. Your mouth can't talk anyhow because it belongs unto God now. And you are offering it unto Him. 
this same man that sings songs of praise unto the Lord is this same man that curses and insults men. But then it can be. Because your entire being is an offering unto the Lord and there is a particular way God wants you to offer yourself. Is it the way I'm stressing it? Hallelujah. How did Abel know? He inquired of the Lord. That's what the Bible says. By faith, Abel. Ah, and Abel's offering became a memorial before. Listen, there are things we are, I keep saying, there are things sometimes we do, eh? It is, it, there is nothing in heaven that is recorded there. There are certain projects the church we take upon ourselves and we do. We did not inquire of the Lord, we just did it because it is the trend. God does not recognize it. God doesn't recognize it. God doesn't recognize it. He doesn't recognize it. God did not accept and his offering. But if we choose to walk and abide in faith in his word, I tell you, brethren, we will walk and live acceptably before the Lord and be well pleasing in his sight. Hallelujah. 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 Today's message is called Gleanings from the Life of Cain and Abel. Gleanings. We are just gleaning, you know, wisdom and keys of faith from the life of Cain and Abel. In the process of time, they brought something. In the process of time, bring something unto the Lord. Recognize His blessing in your life. But as you do, so talk to Him and ask Him. You see, the Bible says in the book of Malachi, God was talking to the priest, okay? He said that you people have polluted my table. Why? Because you, you offer polluted bread upon my table. And he said that you people, you offer blind, when they, those days, when the priest, <laughs> when they're offering something unto the Lord, the goats and the ram, they, they offer blind goats unto God. And God was angry. And they offer goats that are lame, animals that are lame. Unto, and God was angry. He said that, if I am your master, where is my fear? If I am your master, where is my fear? If I am your father, where is my honor? Why do you offer polluted bread on my, on my altar? Why do you offer animals that are blind and animals that are lame and sick? Sometimes our offerings are sick. Sometimes our offerings are sick. Sometimes our offerings are blind and lame. What is a blind offering? A blind offering is anything that does not give expression to the vision of God in your life. The vision of God for your life is so that you will become like Christ. The vision of God for your life is so that through you, the nations will be reconciled back to God. That means that God wants to extend the kingdom through you. Your offering must give expression to that vision. Hallelujah. Sometimes our offerings are blind. Your, your offering must cause the vision of God to progress. Sometimes our offerings are lame, so the vision of God can progress. They have no legs. The kingdom can progress. And the kingdom is stagnant in your life. It is not moving out to reach other people. Hallelujah. And so that we offer polluted bread. What is bread? We know in the word that bread is the, is the word of God. 
What kind of word are you speaking to other people? The Bible says that let your words be seasoned with salt. Hallelujah. That it may minister grace unto them that hear you. Sometimes, the things that believers minister unto one another, sometimes when you hear it, you realize that, no, this is polluted bread. The advice sometimes they give to other people, you realize this is polluted bread. Hallelujah. Sometimes the men of God, and this day we are talking to priests, and I tell you, in Christ Jesus now, we are all priests unto the Lord. I'm not just talking about the men of God, but you see, always, those in leadership position or who are in the place where they teach, they are held, you know, to a greater level of accountability. Sometimes the messages the men of God are preaching to us, they are polluted bread. Polluted bread. In the congregation also feeding on it. Why won't their lives be polluted? Hallelujah. So what kind of offering are you offering unto the Lord? It must be an offering of faith. And if it's going to be by faith, it must be according to God's word. Meaning you must hear from the Lord. And obey it. And I tell you, for the most part, most of the things that God will say to you, He has said to you in His word. So if you know God's word, you will do well. If you don't know God's word, you will not do well. That's why in the beginning I said, the word of God is the most important thing. You need to know God's word. Faith generation, the desire of the Father. My, my heart desire, if I may speak like Paul, who said my heart desire and prayer for Israel is that they may be saved. My heart desire and prayer for faith generation that will be so soaked in God's word, we don't have to carry the Bible anymore. We don't have to carry the Bible anymore. We don't have to carry the Bible anymore. When we meet, Bennett just quote Genesis chapter 1 through 37, and then Abigail continues with Exodus. Ah, then Rhoda will just pick it up and quote everything to Second Kings. Then Lorraine will pick it up and just finish the entire Old Testament for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Abigail will just pick up the New Testament. And from Matthew chapter 1, to Revelations, just finishes for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> you see, you, you must be so full of God's word. You see, it's not necessarily like you are quoting it verbatim, but you see, when you know God's word, you know God's word. Nobody can deceive you. The other day, I called a friend. I called a friend and I said to the friend, I was chatting with a friend and I said, oh, you know, I was reading something in Tobias 4-5, but I don't know what God says. He was talking about the prophet, blah, 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 blah. And my friend was like, oh, really? Hmm, that's interesting. Okay. You know, then <laughs> when I was, I was like, oh, Tobias is going in the Bible. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. It sounds like a name that should, should be in the Bible, right? It sounds oh like a book. <laughs> but Tobias, oh, Abigail, you thought Tobias was in the Bible. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's not. That's not <laughs> oh, yeah. I intentionally did that. Amen. But you see, we must know God's word. Amen. We must know God's word. Because faith comes from the word of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We give God praise and we give God all the glory. 
You want to lift up your voice and pray tonight based on the word that you have heard today. Based on the word you have heard today. Nanda Kosatakaya. Lift up your voice and begin.